Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Don Beeson. Hey, hey. Sergeant Don Beeson is a U.S. Air Force Survival Evasion Resistance Escape Specialist. While a SEER specialist's job varies greatly depending on the mission, Don currently works as a resistance training instructor. Don comes to Art of Retreat as a private citizen inspired to share some of his insights about the crossovers between his professional training and parkour. Welcome, Don. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Don, you've done a couple of different things at this Art of Retreat. There's two different sessions that you taught during the daylight. And then I know that you had a significant role in what they refer to as the night missions here. And the night missions run over two nights and there's like a storytelling building that happens through it. So I think maybe the first place I want to start is before I ask you like specifics about any of those three, I want to ask you when you look at your professional training and then you look at what these crazy parkour people are doing at this event, what are the crossovers that you see and and how did it excite you and interest you when you discovered this community of movers that were interested in hearing what you had to say? Well, the nice thing about uh, teaching and in, in working with the parkour community, one of, I noticed this last year when I first came is that how enthusiastic everyone is to learn in general. Everyone is very uh, athletic, everyone's very physically minded, and very intelligent. Um, a lot of the things that I teach people are picking up very quickly. So I would say that was the first kind of uh, kind of nice thing to, to, to come into. Uh, where the crossover specifically happens is um, uh, SEER stands for Survival, Evasion, Resistance, and Escape. And so in the evasion portion specifically, um, I have to be um, quiet and I'm trying to learn how to avoid people and get from one place to another. It also comes into the navigation portion. Uh, While movers are generally used to moving around in cities, um, the crossover is them getting to share with me how to go over a log as, as efficiently as possible. They can show me how to fall and not hurt myself. And I can show them you know, the different dangers from the different plants and how to get from A to B. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of give and take, which was really enjoyable. And then I know that you did, um, I believe the session was overland session, overlanding about wilderness navigation. And I'm wondering, I, I'm thinking that's probably a really fun chance for you to just take what would really be critical life and death sort of skills. Like it's really important you can read a topo map. Um, but for these people, it's just a fun way for them to learn something about their environment and to discover what the little squiggly lines mean on the map. And I'm wondering how, how much enjoyment you got out of just taking a bunch of crazy people into the woods and showing them some basic, uh, navigation skills. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh well, it was really exciting because, uh, some of them had navigation skills already, but first have kind of watching the light click when I'm like, these are what those squiggly lines mean. And then watch them start to change their vision from like a normal picture to being able to read a topographic map. And then I'll be like, hey, show me a peak, show me a ridge line. And they're like, oh, and then they start understanding. So then I can look at the map and then look out in front of me and be like, you see how that is across the mm-hmm. lake? And then look how it looks on here. And then you just see them go, man. And honestly, that's what I live for as an instructor is to watch that light bulb go off yeah. and watch people grow like that. And were there any moments in that session that jump out at you as maybe things that students did that you didn't expect them to do? Um, well, I should have expected it by now, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) so once we got out into the woods and got moving, one of the big things I like to impress upon people who are usually trail hikers is that overlanding means that I'm, I'm blazing a trail. You got to deal with, uh, undergrowth and down trees. You're constantly dealing with, um, mother nature's right in your face. Minor things pushing you off. They're trying to push you off the line. Absolutely. And so, uh, people navigated that really well, but what it wasn't 
what I should have expected was that some people were just like, yeah, give me a compass and they're gone. They're like a hundred, <laughs> <laughs> they're like a hundred meters ahead and I have to start slowing them down so I can keep the group together and keep <laughs> giving tips. Cause I, uh, cause I'm teaching as I'm moving. So oh. I'll walk 50 meters. We'll stop. I'll explain some things that I'm doing. And then I've got somebody's like a hundred <laughs> meters and I'm like, where did they go? <laughs> Over land. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There was also a second session that you were doing. Can you tell me what the second session was and how that went? Absolutely. So uh, what we did in our second session was uh, uh, basically an introduction to threat assessment and hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. So the unfortunate thing is that, well, not unfortunate, but the reality is, is that it takes martial artists years and years to perfect techniques. And I've got 90 minutes to teach one very small aspect. And so what I focused on was how to identify a threat, how to hold yourself in an appropriate defensive position um, breaking the myths about different ranges and how fast someone can right. hurt you and how fast things can change. And then some fun exercises to get everybody moving as well. And then the third thing that I, that I know that you had done was to be a, an integral part of, it's called Team Ghost, the, the gang that puts together <laughs> the, the team challenges, the group. And I'm wondering, so I, I've been to a couple of parkour events. That's a joke. I've been to a lot of parkour events. And there are generally challenges that are set up that are run by the coach group and it's set up antagonistically where the groups are working against each other, coaches versus the students. Not antagonistic like in a bad way, but they're two teams facing off on some physical and mental challenge. Yes. And I'm wondering, how did the other coaches react when you, because you came in with a completely different but compatible skill set. And I'm wondering how they reacted to that. Did, you know, did, were they able to riff off that? How did it change the way they think about how they're setting up their games? Are there, are there things like that where you got to see them, you know, being able to leverage off your knowledge? For sure. So, uh, I would say, so last year was my first year planning the night missions and, uh, that's when the whole ghost team concept kind of came together right. and it's stuck, even though it's a different theme this year. Uh, but it was really nice because, um, I actually plan exercises for the military. And then when they told me about these night missions and they kind of started going, I was like, oh, this is like <laughs> me getting to do it for fun. With yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we started and uh, what we did last year was we slowed everyone down and they ate it up and they loved it. And it allowed us all to riff together and dive into hilarious themes and come up with awesome challenges. And I got to learn some of like the parkour and skill-based balance challenges they do. And then I got to kind of, um, insert slowing them down, giving them team dynamics, and then um, having them work through the woods. The, this year, the really fun thing was we made it a little more complicated, um, and the game was very intricate. And it, it, the first night, everybody was teams versus teams. Right, and they, they're grouped up by cabins, right? Right, so the first night is you're trying to get the cabins to grow together. And so they're all competing against other cabins to buy items. They don't know what those items are going to do. But then the second night, part of the story is that, oh man, now there's this great evil, this big demon wolf who wants you gone from these lands. So they start burning all of your cities down and you are forced to come together and build a city. One of the main reasons we did this was because we wanted, it's, it's a team building exercise because I wanted to see how well they could organize right away and then we could debrief it afterwards and talk about what worked and what didn't. Yeah, because my, my understanding was in the past, it's always been team, like individual cabin-based teams, like teams of like eight, six kind of people. And 
they had no idea that you were going to change the organizational structure. So it was like, okay, everybody get together. We're going to go over what we're doing tonight and forget your teams. You're like, you're not on teams anymore. You're all together. And like, it, it was just on the fly. They had minutes to respond and to prep for the new game. Um, so I think it was a really neat way to like pull it on them of like, it, it's overhauled. Um, so I'm just wondering that there are probably a million really cool. I mean, it, you really need to come to our retreat and do the night missions because they get serious about this. Like they turn the lights off in the camp and like <laughs> people dress up and it's, it's a really, really interesting challenge. Um, and I'm wondering if there are any moments that jump out at you from like shortly after, like when things are completed and people wind down. And I'm, I'm interested, I think I'm most interested in the team that was working with you. So like, you know, the bad guys or the attacking group, um, how did you guys as a team, you know, can, uh, work together and how did that solidify your own teamwork when you're, when you're like the bad guys? Well, so there's actually, uh, two dynamics here is one is because this is a more of a complicated game. Um, and I actually took a role as what's known as the Oracle. So I sat in the middle of all of the, uh, participants and I was like, they had to come bring me offerings for guidance mm -hmm. to help their strategy of fighting the wolves, who I was definitely in communication with the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little text chat going. So that was, it was key for the, uh, the coaches or the aggressing team. Um, it was key for us to maintain cell phone contact because I could give them, be like, hey, we want them to succeed. We want to make it hard for them. Right. So if they're really disorganized, I'd be like, hey, lay off the aggression a little bit, let them get together. Yeah. And then, hey, they're really getting it, come in and, and hit them Work hard. them over. Yeah, and the cool thing is from the coach's uh, standpoint is that there were multiple classes and roles they could play. And so they started coming up with more and more complex strategies for attacking the village because, the, because everyone was doing so well. They were just destroying them. So they started coming in with multiple classes and misdirections and then being way more aggressive um, than originally <laughs> I've seen intended. people with bruises, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Brandy's got a black eye. People got cuts and broken glasses and stuff. It got a little crazy, but it was ultimately, uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing time. John, one of the things you mentioned was, you, you like went right by it real quick. You mentioned that you were slowing them down and you were talking about in a, like a training part of the first night's mission where you were challenging the parkour people in their teams to slow down. And I think, first of all, if you can unpack that a little bit, because I think there's a lot to slowing down, a lot to be gained and learned there. Um, unpack like what you did with them and why you did that. And then also maybe a way that we can ask people who are listening to try and actually go do that. So, yeah, what I meant by saying slowing down is that... Um uh, because the night missions are taking place in the dark, there's no city lights around. It's very dark and you have adversaries that are actually looking for you. Okay. It, it's forcing you to slow down and use your situational awareness to really look and choose the best, best path forward. Something that I've been learning about the parkour community is, you know, the basics of parkour is you're trying to get from A to B as efficiently and quickly as possible. But, um, as it has evolved, you know, it's become a lot more sporting oriented and, and people are you've got people doing free running with like crazy flips and all that what i wanted to do and what i challenge people to do is slow down and start looking at it from different perspectives looking outside of the box that this may be the coolest way to do it but if you include other factors you can slow down and start to appreciate maybe there's things you weren't seeing before if i put an obstacle in front of you and force you to stop you're going to start to see things that you actually have time to process that you wouldn't if you were running at full speed. Mm. Don, you mentioned that there's crossovers between what you do professionally and what you're 
enjoying doing casually here with parkour people. And I'm just wondering if you can unpack a little bit more, maybe things that you see that are common or things that you you know think should be ad, uh, advanced. Well, I would say uh, there's some very specific examples. Um, as far as within my profession, one of the areas that we teach in is how to navigate through a city. Um, I'm teaching, obviously, isolated air crew members, maybe in a hostile zone, how to hide from bad guys, people looking for them. But they're going through possibly war-torn areas. They're needing to navigate over obstacles, around, under, through things. And parkour is has such an emphasis on being able to fall correctly, being able to take those leaps, trusting your body, and very efficient ways to get over things. Because I've already seen specific examples of how to climb over a barrier that we teach at our schoolhouse, but after spending two weeks with parkour people, I'm like, oh, the way that you all do it is more effective. And so I've already taken that back to the schoolhouse and identified that because we're also weighing like, uh, speed versus safety, safety, or maybe what you're carrying. Like uh, I would assume, you know, guys aren't running like we're off in a oh, sweatpants and a t-shirt, but like, what if I have to carry my, my kit? Right. Right. Exactly. And so it's been interesting. Um, also teaching them people how to fall a little more effectively, um, how to, you know, safely make the right decisions and how to get over things. So that's been really awesome as far as what we're gaining out of it. Um, and what I've already taken back to my schoolhouse now on the other side of it, I think that being out here, the retreat is a perfect example. Um, I'm taking movers who are normally used to running around in a city and I'm putting them on uneven earth. I'm giving them, it's raining out right now. So the, there's logs that are slippery where they normally might want to run and do a front flip over, <laughs> but I'm just like, just step over the log. Step over the log yeah. right? <laughs> I'm like, all right, there's bushes that are in your face. And then, you know, there's ways you can move slower through the woods that they also require just as much finesse as you would, uh, as a mover would use in the city. Don, I've been doing all the questioning and driving here. Is there anything else that springs to mind that you want to share or bring up? Yes, I, was, I would say that uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was actually last night. So I had the opportunity to sit in the center of the uh, main camp and kind of watch everybody organize. And I had you know 60 to 70 people who are trying to build a city out uh, from you know things that I just told them. I just told them how to do this. I just explained the rules. So to watch for the first 10 minutes, there's so much disorganization and everyone is motivated, but they're not sure what to do. And then all of a sudden it was like a light clicked and people started just snapping into place and people started designating, all right, this person's in charge of this, this person's in charge of this. And then to watch them, they went from just this disorganized bunch of people to they had built four watchtowers and had security stationed at each one. And they built this big canopy and then had a medical tent. And it's all going up so much faster than we anticipated. Right. I started having they a started a fire. And like, yeah. Yeah. They started a fire. And then I was like, yeah, build me a boat. And they were like, why? And I was like, because I'm the Oracle. And I said so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, because I needed to challenge them in some way because they were doing so well. And that was just really awesome to see. Um, awesome to see the positive, um, positive outlook, willingness to learn. And it was just, it's really fun to be a part of. I would recommend anybody uh, within the movement community should definitely try to apply and come out here because I believe that a lot of people, you gain so much from just getting to come out and be a part of this. I would agree with you completely. Um, Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm guessing you'll be back next year. If people want to get a hold of you, are you ever findable or are you completely evasive? <laughs> well, I don't actually have a giant internet um, footprint. That's what I was um, figuring, right? Uh, and that's, <laughs> that is purposeful. By but necessity. Um, um, at this moment, if someone wants to reach me, uh, my name's Don Bravo November on Facebook. Feel free to shoot me a message. 
or um, Caitlin, obviously, Caitlin Pontrella, who um, Caitlin Adam or Allen, you can connect through them as well. And uh, I'm always down to field questions, and I will definitely be back next year with some new, ex- some new exciting stuff. That's exciting and terrifying at the same time. Don, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to sit down and talk to you. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about the Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.